Okay, we are doing Da'af Kuf, Lamed Zayin, starting from the Mishnah. And this background to understand is that we know that uh, only an eighth-day-old bris is Docha Shabbos. But even though it's a mitzvah, obviously, to do bris milah after the eighth day, but it's not Docha Shabbos. Only an eight-day-old bris is Docha Shabbos. So the Gemara Mishnah gives an example. Misha Yisho someone in Moel, he has two uh, children that he's going to give a bris to. One, he really is to give a bris to after Shabbos, meaning the child was born on Sunday. So day eight is Sunday. So Shabbos is only the seventh day. The child is not supposed to get a bris on Shabbos. And there's another child whose eighth day is on Shabbos. This child was born on Shabbos the week before, and therefore his eighth day is the Shabbos. But then the mom makes a mistake. He makes a mistake. Babies got switched or whatever happened. And he gives the bris milah to the seven-day-old one on Shabbos. So he makes a mistake. He's not doing the mitzvah milah. He's doing it on a seven-day-old baby. And he's doing the bris on Shabbos. And he's doing a malacha. He's extracting blood, lifeblood. And he's not doing the mitzvah. But he's making a mistake because of the fact that he's trying, uh, in his mind, to do the bris milah for the eight-day-old baby. So what's the halacha? Chai of. He's chai v'chatas. Because he was b'shogig. Fine, he's b'shogig. But he's chai v'chatas for him Shabbos. Bottom line is, he may have had the best of intentions and tried to do everything he wanted, but he wasn't doing a mitzvah, and it was a seven-day-old baby, and, um, and it's therefore absolute chil Shabbos for his act of attracting lifeblood. However, what about in the inverse? One baby was born the previous Friday. So if whatever reason it didn't get a birth on Friday, let's say it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the color wasn't right. So Shabbos would be day nine. Now, normally what's the din? It doesn't get a birth on Shabbos. It would have to wait till Sunday, till day 10. And a different baby who was born the previous Shabbos, so day eight is Shabbos. So he should give a bris to the day eight, well, day eight baby and not give a bris to the day nine baby. But he makes a mistake. And here he gives a, a, a bris to the nine-day-old baby on Shabbos. So in this situation, it's a little bit different. Why? Because yes, he's not supposed to do that, right? You're not supposed to give a bris on Shabbos unless it's an eight-day-old baby. But when you give a bris to the nine the old baby, you may not supposed to be do it, but you're mekayim the mitzvah. It's different than a seven-day-old baby. A seven-day-old baby, you're, 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 in your confusion, you end up doing nothing. You're not fulfilling the mitzvah of bris milah, and you're just, uh, and you're just, and you're just being mechal shabbos. Whereas here, with, when the mistake is made, and you're doing the nine-day-old baby on shabbos, yes, you're not supposed to do that, but it ends up that you're fulfilling the mitzvah. So what's the halacha? says you because the bottom line is you didn't have a right to override shabbos. Very nice, you fulfill the mitzvah of yibam. I mean, you fulfill the mitzvah of mila, but you didn't have. But you didn't have a right to do that. The Torah says that only an eight-day-old bris is docha Shabbos. So therefore, you're chayi v'chatas for your actions. Rabbi Yeshua poti, Rabbi Yeshua exempts the person. And we'll see, understanding in the Gemara, Rabbi Yeshua's big chiddish, is that you're only chayi v'chatas. It doesn't mean you're allowed to. Obviously, you're not allowed to. You're only allowed to be docha Shabbos for an eight-day-old bris. But if you did it, and you, and you transgressed Shabbos b'shogeg, and you did a mitzvah while you were doing it, Rabbi Yeshua says, you're not chayi v'chatas, and we'll see the source for that in uh, the Gemara. So just to clarify, the way our Mishnah is in front of us in the situation where out of confusion you gave the bris to the seven-day-old baby, everybody agrees you're chayv. Even though you have the best of intentions, but you're chayv because you didn't fulfill a mitzvah, you were mechal Shabbos. The dispute between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yeshua is when you gave a bris to the nine-day-old baby on Shabbos. Continues the Gemara, Ravuna Masichai, Ravuna taught 
in the ratio of the Mishnah Chayev, which is the way we have it. That the seven-day-old baby, everybody agrees are Chayev. Rav Yehuda, Masni Pater. Rav Yehuda teaches that the opening, the first part of the Mishnah, is Pater. Now we have to understand that. The Gemara will elaborate. So let's just hold off on Rav Yehuda. First, Rav Huna, which is the way our Mishnah had it. Rav Huna, Masni Chayev. Rav Huna taught that in the beginning of the Mishnah, everyone's Chayev, that what's the case? The Tanya, Omar, Blazer, Rav Shimon, Nechluk, Rav Blazer, Rav Yeshua, Misha, Clarifies Rav Lazar, Rav Shimon ben Lazar. There's no dispute between Rav Lazar and Rav Yeshua. Amishai loshnei If someone had two babies, one is meant to be is meant to get a birth on Shabbos. One is only supposed to get the birth after Shabbos. Meaning the second baby is only seven days old. And you make a mistake and you give the seven day old baby the birth on Shabbos. There everybody agrees you chayev because even though you have good intentions, but. Um, but you end up uh, desecrating Shabbos and you're not fulfilling any mitzvah. Where is there a machlokas? Amishla Shetinokas, where you have the two kids. One is a nine day old and one is an eight day old. And instead of giving the eight day old one a verse on Shabbos, you'd be a mistake, gave the nine day old one a verse on Shabbos. There, that's where we have the dispute. Rebbe Lazar Mechayev Chatos, because Rebbe Lazar holds very nice, you fulfilled the mitzvah, but you still had, didn't have a right to overwrite Shabbos because it's nine day old. Rebbe Yeshua, Pote. So that's exactly the way we had it for the Mishnah, very clear from Ravuna. If it's a situation where your mistake made a bris be given to the seven-day-old baby, there's no question you're chayav achatas because you made a mistake, you violated Shabbos without fulfilling the mitzvah. Rabbi Yeshua exempts the person when he by mistake gave the nine-day-old baby the bris on Shabbos because in that situation, yes, you didn't have a right to do it, but a mitzvah was done and therefore you're not chayav achatas. What is the basis of the dispute? Both Rabbi Lezer and Yeshua derive their opinions about whether you're chayav for being machal Shabbos by giving the nine-day-old baby a birth on Shabbos from Avodah Zarah. What does it mean from Avodah Zarah? In Parsha Shlach, where the Torah talks about, uh, where the Torah talks about being chay of a, a, a carbon for, for, for sinning, a, a carbon chatos, the Torah juxtaposes it next to the idea of Avodah Zarah. So Avodah Zarah is the type of sin which now serves as like the model for Averos that you're chay of a chatos for. So Rebbe Lazar suffer Avodah Zarah, we compared to Avodah Zarah. Avodah Zarah, just as Avodah Zarah, the Torah said, don't do. When you do it, you're chay of a chatos. So do by Chilo Shabbos. If you're not allowed to do it, you're chay of a chatos. It doesn't make a difference what you gained by doing it. It doesn't make a difference that because of your action, a mitzvah was fulfilled. Since you didn't have a right to do it, if God said no, if you do it, you're chayav achatas. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua says we make a difference. Halsim to la mitzvah by avodah zarah. What you did, no mitzvah happens. Halcha mitzvah. In the case of the baby, where you do, as long as it was the nine-day-old baby, then a mitzvah was done. Since a mitzvah was done, so it doesn't fit the model of a chayav achatas. Chayav achatas is only when you do something where no mitzvah is fulfilled. But even if you're doing the wrong thing, Hashem said no. But if what you did ends up uh, making a mitzvah be fulfilled, says Rabbi Yeshua, you're not chayav achatas. Now, just to clarify a little bit more, it's not stam because the mitzvah was done. If you notice the case in the Mishnah, it's only because there are two babies. There's two babies, one which, post, which is supposed to have the birth today and one which is birth is really only supposed to be on Sunday because it's a nine day old. What if there was just one baby that was nine day old and you gave, made a birth by, and you gave a birth by mistake? Even Rabbi Yeshua would agree or Kai. What do you mean? I, you're Mekayim and Mitzvah. But the idea is it's more than that. You're under the pressure to fulfill the mitzvah. You're under the pressure to fulfill the mitzvah because you do have a baby in front of you that you're supposed to give a bris milah today on Shabbos. And all because of the pressure to fulfill the mitzvah, you make a mistake and that's what, like the catalyst for the mistake is the fact that you're tired to do a mitzvah. And that's why you gave the nine-day-old baby a bris on Shabbos wrongly. There with the svara kicks in that if you also fulfilled your mitzvah, 
then uh, if you also fulfill the mitzvah on the nine-day-old baby, that you're not chayi v'chata. So it's really a combination of two points. Yes, it's true. The Gemara is emphasizing that you fulfilled the mitzvah 100%. But it has to be that the wrongdoing was based off the fact that there was a baby in front of you that was supposed to have a bris today. That's a crucial point, which at this right here in the sugi, the Gemara hasn't yet emphasized. Now, that's the first view of Rav Huna. Rav Yehuda has the Mishnah differently. Rav Yehuda Masni Pater. Rav Yehuda teaches that the ratio of the Mishnah said Pater and the, the case is flipped. What does that mean? The Tanya. Abba Rami Meir. Just the opposite. They do not disagree on Mishal Yishnei because if someone has two kids, where one is supposed to get the birds on Friday, one is supposed to get the birds on Shabbos. Meaning, so I have a nine-day-old and an eight-day-old. Instead of giving the eight-day-old the birds on Shabbos, you gave the nine-day-old birds on Shabbos. Shehu Potter, even Rabbi Eliezer agrees you're Potter. In this version, everybody agrees you're Potter if you fulfill the mitzvah. Even Rabbi Eliezer agrees that if the nine-day-old got the bris on Shabbos, he or Potter, because he fulfilled the mitzvah. Where there is there a dispute, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua? Someone who had the two babies. One is supposed to get the bris after Shabbos, meaning it's a seven-day-old baby. One is supposed to get the bris on Shabbos, it's an eight-day-old baby. He made a mistake and he gave the bris to the seven-day-old baby on Shabbos. There, because... You might have good intentions, but you you did not there, and you didn't even fulfill the mitzvah because you gave the bris to the seven day old baby. Rabbi Yeshua, Pote, Rabbi Yeshua exempts, and in this version, Rabbi Yeshua is pottering even when you don't fulfill the mitzvah. But since the tirda of fulfilling the mitzvah of mila was in, was incumbent upon you, right? You had that stress of giving the eight day old baby the mila. Because of that, that that made you made a mistake, and you gave a seven day old mitzvah. You're trying to do a mitzvah. Yes, you didn't end up fulfilling the mitzvah. You made a bad mistake. But since you have a tirda of a mitzvah, and that's what brought about the mistake, says Rabbi Yeshua, you are pater from Achatah. So this is very different than the first version. In the first version, everybody agrees that if the bris was given to the seven-day-old baby, you're chayv. The dispute was about the nine-day-old baby. In the second version, here we're saying just the inverse. Everybody agrees that if the bris is given to the nine-day-old baby, that you are potter. The dispute is all when you give the bris to the seven-day-old baby, that even there, Rabbi Yeshua says potter, and Rabbi Lazar says chayv. Says the Gemara, according to Rabbi Yehuda, what's the basis of the dispute? Hashem lam dua meavodas gohavim both. Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yehuda learned it from Avodah that being the model of the Chiv Chatas. Rabbi Lazar says, let's compare it to the sin of sin of Avodah Zarah. Mavodas gohavim rachman aluzavit, just as Avodah Zarah, saying Hashem said, don't do. Vichi avin mechayv, and if you do it, you're chayv. So, in our case, where a person, uh, very nice, he's, he, 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 he's compelled to do something on Shabbos because he's got the eight-day-old meal in front of him, but if he makes a mistake and he doesn't do the right thing, see, he's chayv. Rabbi Yeshua hasam lo tarin mitzvah. He still makes a mistake. He's not, what's, there's no specific reason why he made the mistake. He just, I don't know, he thought of Avodah Zarah was mutter, so he did it. So Hashem said, you're chayv. Hacha tarin mitzvah. In the case here, you're occupied, you're busy by trying to do a mitzvah. So there's a svara that it's different than Avodah Zarah, that since you're busy trying to do a mitzvah, and that's what brought about the mistake, you're potter. Even if you don't end up fulfilling a mitzvah, again, here in the second opinion. But the fact that the mistake came about because a person was busy trying to do a mitzvah, that's why he ended up sinning, you're not chayv. And it's an interesting idea, it doesn't mean He's an anus, doesn't mean not really, it's still ultimately a mistake. He could have been more careful. But there's a svara that you're not high of carbon, it's not like the model of Avodazar. The model of Avodazar is a situation where the Avera Stam came about, it wasn't involved because of a mitzvah. Whereas here, it was the mitzvah which brought about the mistake. You're not high of Says the Gemara, another statement here. 
do not argue. Because if there are two kids, one is supposed to get a bris on Friday. So that's a nine day old. One is supposed to get the bris on Shabbos. And you make a mistake and you give the nine day old the bris on Shabbos. Everybody agrees you who chayev. Everybody agrees you're chayev. So that's not like anything we learned, right? What do they argue about? Because there were two kids. One is supposed to get the bris on Sunday, meaning it's a seven-day-old, and one is supposed to get the bris on Shabbos. And you give the seven-day-old the bris on Shabbos. There is the dispute. So the way we have this just in front of us right now, it doesn't really seem to make any sense. Like Mars going to ask. Everybody agrees if you give the nine-day-old baby a bris on Shabbos, chayav. The machlok is if you give the seven-day-old bris, the seven-day-old the bris, there Rabbi Shua says potter. So the Gemara jumps all over this, says it doesn't make sense. Hasher, Rabbi Shua, save the local oven mitzvah potter, if Rabbi Shua is going to accept you from a chathas, where you give the seven-day-old the bris, so Rachel the Kavan Mitzvah Machai, is he going to be Machai, you have this, you gave it to the nine-day-old, certainly you should be potter, because there, not only did your mistake come because of a mitzvah, you even fulfilled the mitzvah, so it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The logic here doesn't doesn't work. We could tolerate that there's a third opinion, but it has to make some sense. So the Gemara answers: Amri Devar Biyana, Biyana explained the brisa. This brisa is talking about a different case. Reisha could go into call the Mumala Shabbos, Rav Shabbos. The first case is talking about where you gave the the eight day old the bris on Friday. You messed up on on Friday already. In other words, you have an eight day old, which is supposed to, which is at the baby was supposed to be eight days old on Shabbos. You make a mistake. And you gave it a bris on Friday, and the Friday baby, instead of in the, on the Friday baby, you th- you think it's the Shabbos baby. So now you have it in front of you on Shabbos. So you're giving a nine-day-old baby the bris on Shabbos. In this scenario, where you've already given the bris mila to the eight-day-old baby too early on Friday, to lo nitna Shabbos litros. At this point in front of you, where you only have one baby and it's Shabbos, so there's nothing that's making Shabbos be overridden for you. What's the point of the Gemara? The point of the Gemara is you're not busy trying and occupied trying to fulfill a mitzvah, right? It, it, this would be like a scenario where Stam, someone had a baby which was nine day old and he thought he could do the bris milah on Shabbos. There, everyone agrees you're chai v'chatas. The whole idea of Rabbi Yeshua is because you're busy, you're occupied to try to do a mitzvah. You have an eight day old in front of you on Shabbos that you're supposed to give the bris to and because of that a mistake happens and you give it to a nine day old or a seven day old, there we can entertain the possibility of your potter. But you already messed up on Friday and gave the eight day old the bris on Friday. So now when Shabbos begins, you're not occupied, you're not busy trying to do a mitzvah that therefore it makes you make the mistake that, um, and, and, and to give the, the nine-day-old nine or seven-day-old a bris today. So even if you end up doing a mitzvah, you have no terda of mitzvah. Shabbos was not nitin litchos at all because the, shot, the eight-day-old baby already has its bris. And therefore, it's tamchol Shabbos. It's like if it was just a case where it was a nine-day-old baby in front of you and you gave a bris right on Shabbos, so then you would be chay v'chatos. Whereas safe on Shabbos litchos, the end of the bris is talking about, yes, it's only a seven-day-old baby, but you have the eight-day-old baby in front of you and the seven-day-old baby. And because you have both babies, that's why you're occupied with the mitzvah, you end up making the mistake and giving the seven-day-old baby a bris on Shabbos. And Rabbi Yechia holds your potter because he goes like the lenient opinion that even here, uh, like Rabbi Yehuda, like Rabbi Meir taught that even here, Rabbi, um, Rabbi Yeshua would exempt. So this is like a new monument in the sugya that even when you're fulfilling the mitzvah on the nine-day-old and the nine-day-old baby, it better be that you also have the eight-day-old baby in front of you on Shabbos. But if the eight-day-old baby already had its bris on Friday, already the mistake was made then, if Shabbos not lit in Litros, then you would be Chaya for giving the bris milah to the nine-day-old. Says the Alma. But even in the case where you already had given the baby, the, the, the eight-day-old baby, 
the bris on Friday by mistake, but Shabbos is thrown in litchos for other babies in the world, just because you don't have this particular baby in front of you, but there's still, Shabbos is still a day, it's the eighth day, it's the, it's still, the halacha is that any baby who would be eight days old today should get a bris. So what's the point of the Gemara? But I don't have one. What's the point of the Gemara? The point is, it's still, I'm still making my mistake because of the concept of a mitzvah. I might not have a particular baby in front of me, an eight-day-old, and I'm busy trying to get the mitzvah, but the concept of an eight-day-old baby getting a bris on Shabbos, it's what's making me make my mistake with this nine-day-old baby and, and, and trying to be docha because of that. So you should still be called tarred in mitzvah when you give the nine-day-old baby the bris today because it's that concept of an eight-year-old baby that gets a bris on Shabbos that's making making the mistake and do the bris today. I, I don't have an eight-day-old baby in front of me, so what? But it's the concept that's making me that's making me make the mistakes, which should still be called occupied with a mitzvah. So the Mars says, no, I got from but you don't have that baby in front of you. So you don't have the baby in front of you. You don't you're not called tar of a mitzvah. You're only called tar of a mitzvah. Both babies are in front of you. So in the situation where the mistake was already made and you gave the eight-day-old baby the birth on Friday. So now when you follow through and give the nine-day the nine-day-old baby the birth on Shabbos, you're chai of achatos, even according to uh, Rabbi Yoshua. Okay, continues the Mishnah. It's possible for a bris that it should be on the 8th, the 9th, the 10th, the 11th, and the 12th day since the baby was born. It should never be earlier than the 8th day. It should never be later than the 12th day. How could this be? The best way it should be normal way. It should be the 8th day. But what if it's born on Binash Mashos? Then Then you have to be circumcised on the 9th day. I mean, obviously... The idea is you don't know what day it's born, so it might be the eighth, it might be the, it might be the ninth. So if it was born um, any you know any day of the week, uh Mashos, you're not gonna do it on that same, let's say it was, I don't know, Tuesday Tuesday between Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, Bainash Mashros, so you're gonna have to do it on the following Wednesday, which might be the ninth day, because again, you can't risk that you're giving the birth too early. Always better to err on the side of caution and give the birth too late, where at least you know you fulfilled the mitzvah, than giving the birth too early. Let's say you're born between right between Friday and Shabbos. So now you can't say, oh, well, obviously you can't give the bris on Friday because it might be day seven. But you also can't give the you also can't give the bris on Shabbos because it might be day nine. And remember, only an eight-day-old baby is Docha Shabbos. So then what do you have to do to wait till Sunday? Sunday might be day ten. So that's a situation where bris might be tenth. Yantif Shabbos or Shabbos, one the, the same thing, but 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 Yantif was a Sunday. So you can't do the bris on Yantif also because it's a, it, and, and if it's not the eighth day, it can't be Docha Yantif. So yeah, and you have to push it off till Monday, which is the 11th. Let's say it's two days of Rosh Hashanah where a Sunday and a Monday. Again, that can't fall out on our calendar, but back in the Mishnah's times, it could have happened. So then you can't do it then either. So practically, you would have to wait. You would have to wait all the way until Monday. Katan Achola. Um, if let's say you have a sick child, so what's the halacha? You do not give him a bris. Um, even if it's not mamish, uh, or something, but we still, if it's sick, we don't, we don't do bris mila unless the kid is very healthy because of the idea that bris mila makes him weak and we want to make sure that it doesn't put him into danger. What happens even if a child had fever, but then the fever goes away? You don't do the bris right away. We're more, we, we're more conservative. We give him a whole full week from the time that he recovers before we do the bris mila. Does it have to be meizleis? Meizleis means we measure the, what time did the fever break? 2.34? So then we measure seven days later at 2.34. Or do we just say the seventh, the seventh day, we give him a week and then the next day, well, you can do it right in the morning. 
So Tashmatani Luda Luda taught in the Brahsa Yomar Vasakimavaldo, the day that he recovers is compared to the day that he's born. What is the point of the comparison? My love. Just as we do it on the eighth day, we don't need May's lays, right? If a child is born, let's say five o'clock in the afternoon, you give it on day eight at eight o'clock in the morning, even though it's not May's lays. So do with the, the dinner of the recovery, it's not May's lays. As the Gemara low, it doesn't mean that all the female brothers it could be the day of recovery is equal and then even more, more stringent than the day of the birth. On the day of birth, we don't require that it should work with exact 24 hour periods. It's just the eighth day. In regard to the recovery being in May's lays, we require it to be the 24 hour period a full week, seven days times 24 hours. Continues the Mishnah. These are the shreds which can be ma'akev the mila, even though you cut the foreskin, but there are certain shreds that still remain. If they're covering a part, a member, then it could be ma'akev and the mitzvah is not fulfilled. What's the case? If there's flesh that covers um, rove, a majority of the top of the member. In such a case, not only do you not fulfill the mitzvah, so you can't eat truma, because an arrow is not allowed to eat truma, he's considered an arrow. Let's say, this, let's say the child was very, had a lot of flesh. So he looked like he didn't have a circumcision even after the foreskin was really cut. Then what do you do? Misak, no, you should fix it. You don't want anyone to think, um, you don't want anybody to think that, that the kid doesn't have a bris. So it's interesting. So you have to, besides for cutting down the foreskin in this case, you have to cut some of the extra flesh, which the kid shouldn't look like he has, like he doesn't have a, like he doesn't have a bris. Continues the mission of Volvolo Para. Let's say, if you remember, there's two parts. There's Mila and Priya. Mila is the cutting the foreskin, and then there's always a membrane under that, so you have to peel that away. So if a person did not do that, it's as if he didn't do the Mila at all, meaning that uh, the mitzvah has not been fulfilled. Says the Gemara, we said that we don't mean most of the circumference. We mean at any point of the tip of the member, just the, the height and any thin part. But if it covers most of the height of the tip, then it's ma'akiv uh, as hamila. We mentioned if, they, if there was extra flesh. Let's see, he's got like a thick coating of flesh. And it looks like he has Brona, so we look at him. Kozma Shmir's Kashav and Ermal, if he has an erection and it, and, and, and it went, so then, it, so then in that state of erection, you can tell that he's circumcised in a Tzarek You don't have to do anything again. Because at least from time to time, it will be noticeable that he has a bris. But if not, even when there's an erection, it still is not noticeable that there's a bris, then Tzarek Then you, you have to do, come more, um, you, have to, you, know, you have to come more to make sure that there's no Ma'ar sign. Says the Gemara, Mastisa Tanur Rabshim Gamli Olamar Katan Asuba Basra. Let's say there's a thick flesh around the Rona. So we look. Ozmach Miskashav Einu Nereh. The same thing. If 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 when he um, when he's erect, Veinu Neramol, he still doesn't appear circumcised. Zarchlamol, you have to do more. But if not, it's Zarchlamol. My Beinai. What's the difference between what Shmuel said and the Bride? So you've been out near, near, near. The difference is if. He, he appears somewhat circumcised, but somewhat he doesn't appear circumcised. What does that mean? That meaning like there's only partial exposure, partial exposure to the tip of the member when he's exposed. Is that enough that we don't have to cut more? And that's the difference between Shmuel's, the way Shmuel said it and the way the Bryce said it. Okay, Movelo part. So now the Gemara talks about the brachos here. So Tanar Abanan, Hamol, the Moel makes the following bracha. Avia ben Omer, the father of the child, says, Usually it's very interesting, the whole Achluk is Rishonim when, when, the, when the Baruch is recited, but uh, the most opinions of Rishonim hold this after the period, but before, but, but after the, the cutting, but before it, the, the peeling back of the membrane. And then, everyone who's standing at the bridge should say, Then there's a person should make, there's more brachos that should be recited uh, after, after it's done. 
It's the Mavarach. It's not necessarily the, the Moel. He makes a bracha, Shirkidash, he didn't be Batan, Chok Bashir Sam, that Hashem has, 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 has made our, uh, the Jewish children Kadosh, made us holy, given us like a, 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 a mark in our skin, Vitzasal Chasam Bos Pris Kodesh, and we've been right, entered into the covenant. We should be rescued, we shouldn't be destroyed. Because of the bris that uh, Hashem has put in our flesh. So this is all. This is all by Jewish regular boys. What about Mila for Gerim? The bracha here is different. So who is this Mavarech? So it sounds like the like basin has to oversee it. So they when they they, they make the bracha, an interesting uh, idea that it's Mamasha Mila, Mamasha a mitzvah to oversee this. And that's all part of the bracha. And to draw out some of the blood. It's like a concept of Atafas Dambris. So what's, what, what's going on here? Does this mean for everybody or does this only mean for the scenario that we spoke about before where someone, where somebody, um, we spoke about this a couple of days ago, where someone is converting and they already are circumcised and in that situation they only do atavas dambris or does this mean everybody? It's unclear. It's machlokas in the Rishonim. Shomalot dambris because without blood of the, to enter the covenant, the world wouldn't stand around. So we see from here the concept the covenant of the day of the night is like circumcision, and the, why, the reason is because it's it's always there. Once you're circumcised, no matter what, it's day and night. It's always the covenant is always is always is is, is always present. Baruch Hashem Kores Haberis. That's for Gerim. circumcising slaves. Remember, that's a mitzvah that a Jewish master with slaves that he owned, he has to convert them partially. Again, without the world wouldn't sustain. Okay, so now we move on to a new parak, and these are pretty random assorted dinim of Hilcho Shabbos that come up in the last few prakim. So Rabbi Lezer Omer, So here we have a strainer. I want to pour wine through like a sort of strainer. So it's like this very thin cloth, and you pour the wine through, sediment gets, it gets, it gets caught, and the wine, the wine seeps through. So the question is, when you're putting up this cloth over the container, are you making an oil? Are you making a, a, a tent? So Rebbe Lezer says, we're allowed to do it. Don't worry, you're allowed to, you're allowed to suspend this strainer on Yontif. You can do such a thing. On Shabbos, you cannot. On Shabbos, it would be forbidden. It's like you're making an OL. But on Yontif, Rebbe Lezer says, you're allowed to do it. Now that's a chiddish, because you're not, you're not really, you're not really, um, you're not preparing the food. This is under the category of machshire ochol nefesh, which means the preliminary actions before you can prepare the food. I'm building a tent so that then I can go um, prepare the food by by straining the wine. So this is preliminary. This would be like somebody making a knife to cut food on Yantaf. Are you allowed to do that? So that's generally a machlokas, uh, a machlokas tainon. So we'll see in the Gemara about what Rabbi Lazar's opinion here is. But al Kapana, Rabbi Lazar holds you could make up this strainer on Yantif, not on Shabbos, but on Yantif, and doesn't let to leave a Shabbos. And if it's already suspended, meaning I don't have to build it, it's already there, I'm allowed to pour the wine through on Shabbos, and the Chiddush is, this is not considered borah. The Chiddush is not considered borah, why not? Some of the Rishonim explain, Rabbi Lezer, Shitan Bor, is that whenever you're going to use the food right away, even though you're using a Kli, it's not Bor. However, the Rabbana disagree. First of all, what you said on Yadav is not true. You're not allowed to set up the strainer. Second of all, even if it's already set up on Shabbos, you can't pour it through because that's Bor. You can't use a Kli to separate on Shabbos. On Yantif, where you could do certain elements of Bor, 
to prepare the, the, the food, you could pour it through an already existed strainer on Yantif. It's fine. So the first thing we learn is that Rabbi Lazar is matter a person to make the strainer on Yantif, even though you're making a temporary OL. So the Gemara says, Hash, Rabbi Lazar, What's going on? We have a contradiction in Rabbi Lazar. We know from other things that Rabbi Lazar says that he doesn't even allow you to add on to a temporary OL on Yantif. Is he going to let you make one from the beginning? Where do we see my he? What is this contradiction? It's not because we learned in the Mishnah and we've studied this before. Let's say a window shutter. So Rabbi Lazar Omer, you allowed to put the windows, close up the windows on Yantif. So Rabbi Lazar Omer, when it's, the shutters are is, is attached to the building and the rope is so short that the, the shutter is hanging so it's totally part of the structure, then Pokemon, you can shutter the window with an Anyantif and blah, but if it's not in Pokemon because it appears like you're adding onto the oil, even though it's only a temporary thing, even temporary uh, 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 increase in the oil is forbidden on Yantif. Maybe it's only Asmukar Bana, but it's forbidden. So the Chacham disagree, right? Chacham say whether or not you're always allowed to shudder with it because you're only adding on temporarily to the structure, so it's mutter. When we learn this, Rabbi Yochanan and analyze the machlokas. Everybody agrees. You know, everybody agrees. You can't make a new temporary structure initially on Yantiv. Certainly in Shabbos, where the laws are more you certainly can't make a new structure. They disagree. They disagree about whether you're allowed to add on in a temporary way to already existing OL. Like by putting in the shutter. Rabbi Lazar, I'm going to see from the mouth of Rabbi Lazar, is Machmir, he says you can't add it even on Yantiv, it's Rabbi Lazar, certainly not on Shabbos. You can be more lenient if you're only adding on temporarily to the oil, you can do it on Shabbos and certainly on Yantiv. So we have a steer on Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar normally is so Machmir, he's so stringent, you can't even add, add in the window shutter to the oil. On Shabbos, the only way you're allowed to shower the windows is if it's already attached to the building and, and it's so short that the rope is so short that it's suspended. And yet here, he's being matzer to go make a strainer on Yantif. You're making an oil. How can that be? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar, Savalak Rabbi Yehuda. The idea isn't Stam that he's makel. He allows you to make tents. Actually, in the laws of making tents, Rabbi Lazar is more master. But the idea is, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that you're allowed to do any malacha on Yantif that's necessary for food. Not only the malachas that prepare the food themselves, but even the preliminary actions, the machshire ochel nefesh, those are also allowed to be done on yantif in order to get to the ability to prepare food. Titanus says in a price, except from lachos that I'm doing to prepare food, allows even even um, the malachas that are preliminary so that I could go prepare food. So Rabbi Lazar holds like that. So that's why you're allowed to make the strainer so that then you can pour the wine on Yantif. But in fact, when you're not doing ochon nefesh, like window shutters or whatnot, then actually Rabbi Lazar's opinion is more machmir in the laws of making all. Says the Gemara, when does Rabbi Yehuda say you're allowed to do machshir ochon nefesh, Those are only preliminary actions that you couldn't have done before Yantif. Like let's say something broke uh, let's say a knife broke on Yantif and you have to repair it, there Rabbi Yudah would, would say you're allowed to do it. But if it's something that could have done before Yantif, did Rabbi Yudah say it? So here you could have made up the strainer before, so you didn't have to do it, wait for now. So why in the world? So Rabbi Yudah doesn't allow you to do it. So what's our answer? That Rabbi Lazar allows you to do it even though he's making a tent because he holds like Rabbi Yudah, but you could have done it before. So the more answers. To Rabbi Lazar, what we actually mean is that Rabbi Lazar is even, holds like Rabbi Yehuda in even a more lenient way. Rabbi Yehuda says you're only allowed to do the preliminary actions that you couldn't have done before Yantif. Rabbi Lazar takes it a step further. He says not only could you do the preliminary actions that you couldn't have done before Yantif, even the ones that you could have done before Yantif, you can also do. So in summary, there's actually three opinions about Mashiach on Shabbos. The most stringent opinion, the Rabbanan, 
is that even things that don't allow you to make the shenar at all or anything, is even even if it, if it couldn't have been done before Shabbos, you're never allowed to do it. Then we have Rabbi Yehuda, that it depends if you could have, you couldn't have done it before Yantiv. And the most lenient opinion, like Rabbi Lazar, is even if you could have done it before Yantiv, you're still allowed to do it on Yantiv itself, since it's getting to the fact that then I'm going to use it for food, then it would be okay.